Hello again, friends. Uh, excited again to be with you. I uh, just kind of want to remind you, as I said earlier, today is the first day of this series that we're doing this summer uh, called Unpopular. And just kind of unpack it a little bit for you, let you know what it's about. Um, we're basically going to be looking at some of the teachings and sayings and actions of Jesus that that people both then and now might describe as unpopular. Those things that might seem counterintuitive or countercultural because uh, the values of uh, the kingdoms of this world and, and our values can sometimes be quite different than the values of the kingdom of God. And so um, Pastor Lee a few months ago approached me and, and kind of pitched this idea to do this for this summer. And um, I thought it was a great idea. So, so here we are. Uh, but but the thing I want to establish and, and communicate right at the very beginning of this series is um, the purpose of this series isn't to, to stir things up or to create opportunities for squabbling or, or conflict around, you know, what we would call, quote unquote, hot button issues. Uh, in, in fact, one of the verses that I want to use as an anchor for this conversation just to communicate the purpose of it um, is this one in 2 Corinthians 10.5. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So, so I want you to know the purpose of this series, the purpose of this conversation is knowledge of God. Uh, that we want to have a deeper understanding of, of who God is and how that impacts us in our lives. So, uh, so the point is that. And so in order for us to do that, though, I think we need this second part of this passage. It says, and we take captive every thought. And make it obedient to Christ. So as we as we go through some of these conversations about unpopular, and, and as I mentioned before, there's kind of this thing on social media that talks about unpopular opinions, and sometimes that kind of stirs up arguments and things like that. That's not the purpose of this conversation. It really is um, the knowledge of God. And so I want to invite you to join me as we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ as we have this conversation together. All right? Amen. You with me? Okay, good. Um, I believe when we do that, when, when, we, when we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, when we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ, it honors Christ and it honors the God that, that Christ spoke about and, and taught about. Um, and then we learn about in the Gospels. Uh, as you look at some of these difficult conversations and, and issues that, that Jesus addressed in the Gospels, uh, one of the things that I've always amazed at is how Jesus is able to, to communicate some very unpopular things in a way that people on, quote unquote, both sides of, of an issue are able, are, are both encouraged and convicted, right? Um, he, he had this incredible way to, to offend and also invite others into this place of participating in a new way of thinking and feeling and living in relationship to God and to one another. So that's what this is all about. And I just kind of wanted to lay that out here at the very beginning, okay? And, and the other thing I wanted to share with you was that uh, as I was thinking about this series, as we were preparing for this series, I thought, you know what? There's no better day to start this series uh, talking about unpopular than on Father's Day. And, and, and here's why. Dads, you probably agree with me on this. Dads, we're, we're kind of experts at unpopular, right? <laughs> We're experts at expression on things that come that that are unpopular. And I'm not talking about 
fashion or, or style, although that might be the case for some of us. Uh, but what I really mean when I talk about things that are unpopular, what I really want to lift up today are those famous phrases that the world has come to know as dad jokes, right? Um, if you think about it, dad jokes, <laughs> dad jokes are so unpopular that they've become popular over the last few years. And, um, and so over the last few years, I've invited a couple of my friends and colleagues, uh, John, we, oh, hey, John. Hey. Glad, glad you came up here, man. It's good. Yes. Good to see you. Uh, and, and Pastor Lee, uh, last few years, John and Pastor Lee and I have have created some videos. If you hadn't been around, you can go back to our YouTube page and, and find them there. But we've created some videos uh, around this phenomenon that we've come to know as, as dad jokes. And, um, and it's been a lot of fun. But, but one of the challenges when you do something like this every year is every year you kind of have to do a little more. You kind of have to take it to the next level. You kind of have to keep it fresh. And so, so this year we decided that we weren't going to do a video, uh, but we were going to do a live presentation and um, it's what I'd like to call a tribute to dad jokes. Great. So here's to you, all those dads out there, who day after day, night after night, you bravely endure all of those deep sighs and eye rolls that are thoughtlessly administered to you by those sad, sour souls who simply don't understand. The cleverness in your quips, the poetry in your puns, the wisdom in your wisecracks, and the winsomeness of those one-liners. Mm. Restaurant servers, grocery clerks, friends, neighbors, even family members mm whose hearts and minds were simply not prepared for what their eyes and their ears were beholding. With precision and poise, you keep your face straight and your tone steady until the exact moment that your recipients are ready. Then, like a postmaster of puns, you deliver your precious punchline through not rain or snow or sleet or hail, but boos and sighs and groans and wails. Mm. And so we honor you. Yeah. You misunderstood masters of mirth, you courageous connoisseurs of comedy mm. with you whimsical wizards of wit, you faithful fathers of funniness. Mm. We honor you. We honor you with this, this year's, year's compilation of, of dad, dad jokes. jokes. You know, we didn't get any cheers for that at the early uh, service yeah. either. So, yeah. <laughs> totally unprompted. That's, that's the... Unpopular. That, that, was actually, that was actually the appropriate response, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so, uh, so John, I, I was with one of my friends the other day, one of my other friends. I mean, you yeah, guys yeah, are my, yeah. you know... Ooh. Friends, but yeah, but I was with one of my friends the other day, and he was showing me uh, his tool shed, and he pointed to this yes. ladder, and he said, "Hey, that's my that's my step ladder." And then he said, "I never knew my real ladder." <laughs> yeah, I know. I like a joke yeah. you can climb from. That's yeah, true. yeah, there you that's, go. All, you can only good. go up from here. Yeah. Well, I, the other day, um, I was at a restaurant, and I had. 
finished most of my food, mm. but not all mm. of it. And okay. the server came by and said, hey, would you like to like me a box for this? And I said, no, but I'll arm wrestle you for it. <laughs> yeah. Arm wrestle. Arm wrestle. Box. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's good. I've been meaning to talk to you all about this. Yeah. It's weird. For some reason, I feel like I only get sick on weekdays. On weekdays? It's yeah. weird. What's that all about? I think I must have a weakened immune system. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they don't get any better, so yeah. just prepare. <laughs> hey, just everybody settle in. That's right. Yeah. Um, hey, do you know why dads take an extra pair of socks when they go golfing? Extra pair of socks. Yeah. Why? Yeah, just in case they get a hole in one. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Good. You golfers out there. Nice. Okay. Nice. Nice. Uh, that was Joe. Four. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. That was an extra one. You didn't even pay for that one. Um, do you know where you learn to make? Do you know where you learn to make a banana split? Where? Sunday school. Oh, Sunday. Yeah, like, Sunday mm, school. S U N D A E. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I got it. You grown now, it. but you're going to tell it later. Yeah. I, uh, do you guys know what IDK stands for? Like when you're texting? IDK. 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 See, I keep asking people and they keep saying, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you guys, there's only about 20 more of these. We only yeah, got we're three. Good. It's, it's fine. We're good. Yeah. We're, the uh, ushers are going to come forward in a minute. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be great. Hey, you guys know I love to wear bow ties, right? So, yeah, yeah. so do you know what you call a fish that wears a bow tie? What do you call a fish that wears a bow tie? Yeah, sophisticated. Yeah, Well, did you know that at a, after an unsuccessful harvest, a farmer left his farm to go become a musician? You why, know why? Why did he do that? Because he had sick beats. Sick beats. Sick beats. Sick beats. Mm-hmm. I get it. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm, it only makes me stronger. <laughs> it only makes me stronger. I'm glad they don't. I'm glad they don't have any sick beets or other vegetables <laughs> to throw at us right now. Right? Do you guys know what country's capital is growing the fastest? What country's capital is growing the fastest? Mm, what? It's Ireland. Because oh. every day it's Dublin. Mm, wow. All right, we'll stop there. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. Give, that's it good. For, give it up for John Thank and Leah. Thank you. Thank you, guys, and thanks to all you dads out there. Um, we, we weren't sure at the early service whether they were clapping for our presentation or clapping because it was done. But either way, we're just we're just happy for the applause, and we're thankful for all our dads out there. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so since it is Father's Day, one of the unpopular things that we wanted to tackle today from what Jesus said and did actually has, has to do with this idea of, of, of Father, uh, essentially how Jesus referred to his relationship with God. If you, if you look through the Gospels, uh, you read through the Gospels, you see that Jesus uh, referred to God as our Father. He, he specifically called him Abba which in the language of the New Testament during his time, it's, it basically means dad. 
And um, he also referred to himself as son. He called himself the son of God and the son of man. And this thread continues throughout the New Testament as Paul and other writers of the New Testament refer to those in Christ as uh, children of God, brothers and sisters, part of the family of God and that God is father of us all. And, and the reason why... Uh, we, we talk a little bit about how that was unpopular both then and now. In some ways, uh, people have trouble with referring to God as, uh, as Father. And so it's, it's kind of become unpopular. And, and we talked about how, why that is. And, and, and beyond some problems that people have with the you know, patriarchal language or the political implications, I'm not getting into that part of it today. Um, what I really want to talk about is kind of at the core of this, some people often... Uh, talk about the fact that for many people, the image of, of God as Father is difficult because of uh, these complicated relationships that we have with, with earthly fathers, right? There are many who have strained or even non-existent relationships with, with earthly fathers um, or being earthly fathers. And so, so there's, there's a struggle with that. And, and I get that. I, I want to first and foremost this morning acknowledge and affirm the, the real struggle that, that we have with this idea of God as Father because of that. Um, and if I'm being really honest, I, I feel like I need to acknowledge and, and just say to you that, that, that that's, that's difficult for me, that I don't, I don't have that particular struggle because uh, I've been abundantly blessed with, uh, in my humble biased opinion, the best earthly father that anyone could ever have. He has loved me and cared for me and provided for me since the day I was born to this day and, and, and is doing the same for my grandkids. And I've also been given the unique blessing of growing up with both of my granddads. You know, uh, we all grew up, or I grew up here in Murfreesboro with both sets of grandparents. And, and it wasn't until later in life that I realized what a unique blessing that was, that I thought everybody got to do that. And I have realized that that's not the case. Um, you've probably heard me talk before about how those relationships have shaped me and formed me, how they've impacted my life and influenced my life, and they continue to bear fruit in my life and ministry. And so, so it's not hard for me to think about God as Father. In fact, in many ways, it's been those relationships that have helped me understand that relationship with God. And, and then on the other side of that, now that I'm a father, my relationships with my kids are helping me to better understand that relationship in ways that, that I've never experienced before. Um, so that's kind of what I want to talk about today, how uh, this idea of God as Father uh, is influenced by and influences those relationships that we have in our lives. Um, but I just felt like I needed to acknowledge and affirm that, that it's complicated, right? That, that for... For many, that's not the case, and the struggle is real. And so today, if that's you, my hope and prayer for you is that a deeper understanding of God as our Father might bring help and, and hope and healing to that place in your heart and life that, that longs for the love of a Father. And if you're a dad that's here today, my hope and prayer for you, for us, is that a deeper understanding of God as our Father might impact and influence us in such a way that, 
that it helps us to be the earthly fathers that our heavenly father has created and called us to be. Does that make sense? Um, I told you the series is kind of based on this idea of unpopular opinions, but especially today, uh, I, I want to be so careful not to share my opinion, but more of an observation of, of what God's word has to say about this. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at some places in God's word and specifically what Jesus has to say about this idea of God as our father. And so, um, so with that in mind, hear this God's word for us today. Uh, the first place I want to go is to the Psalms and the psalmist describes God like this as a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. The prophet, the prophets proclaim a little later in the scriptures, God as our father in the midst of, of real struggles with, with earthly fathers. He says, um, Isaiah says, but you are our father, though Abraham does not know us. Israel does not acknowledge us. Lord, you are our father, our redeemer from old is your name. Yet you, Lord, are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Then Malachi says, do we not all have one father? Did not one God create us? Why do we then proclaim, profane the covenant of our ancestors by being unfaithful to one another? So here, you know, it, it's kind of highlighting the idea of how this relationship uh, impacts and influences our other relationships. And I could keep going on and on and on, but uh, if you want to dig into this deeper, one of the things that I did this week in addition to my other studies was I just did a Google search of God as Father Scriptures, and I saw what Bible verses came up. And so you might want to do that this week. But if you do that, I want to give you the disclaimer. Uh, as always, if, if you're getting on the Internet, right, what you're going to find is a million different opinions about things and a million different interpretations, both un, unpopular and popular, about these verses. And so um, my encouragement is to simply start by reading those verses for yourself. And, and as always, if you ever have any questions, just, just let me know. And, and I'll ask Pastor Lee and, and he'll get back to you. Okay. So what I really wanted to show you today, what I really was hoping that you would see is that this concept of God as our father was, was a common theme in God's word. Uh, but the thing that was unpopular, I guess, about what Jesus was saying and doing uh, was how he was referring to God and his relationship with God and our relationship with God. Jesus talked about a, a unique relationship that he had with God the Father that no one had ever talked about before. And then because of his relationship with God, because of what he said and did, uh, he started communicating a relationship with God for all of us that had never been talked about before, right? And so I kind of want to unpack that just a little bit this morning. Um, and, and I think it starts with how we refer to God, right? Um, throughout Scripture, God's people referred to God in a way that, that both described the character and nature of God, but it communicated this reverence, this awe and wonder of God um, that people had, right? In fact, the name for God that we've come to know as Yahweh uh, comes from God revealing himself to Moses in the book of Exodus. I am who I am, or I am what I am. Um, God, God's people viewed God's name as being so holy that they wouldn't even speak it out loud. Did you know that? 
they developed this acronym. You know, I love acronyms. Uh, they developed this acronym. It has a really fancy name called the Tetragrammaton because it was four letters that represented the name of God. And they were four Hebrew letters, yod Heh vah Heh, And that's where Yahweh comes from. And uh, when it was translated into Latin, uh, it was four letters, J-H-V-H, which is where we get the name Jehovah. You've probably heard of God referred to as Jehovah before. And, um, and so even later on, as it was translated into English, um, that, that, um, the evolution of that name for God is why when you see in your, in, in your Bible those capital letters, L-O-R-D, that spell Lord, that's kind of where that comes from. So that's just a little, little tidbit of information for you today. But, but this is kind of the progression of, of how we learn uh, the name of God and, and our relationship with God and how our names for God communicate our relationship with God, right? There, there are places in the Bible that you've probably seen these different names for God. I'm gonna throw them up on the screen right now. Um, there's Jehovah Jireh, which is God, our, or the Lord, our provider. There's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. There's Jehovah Nisi, which is the Lord, our banner. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. Jehovah Ra, the Lord, our shepherd. Jehovah Sekindu, which is the Lord, our righteousness. And there's scriptures that go along with this. You, you know I send out each week some daily readings if you like to, to dig into those. You might want to use those this week. Those are in your daily readings. And, and just try on those different names for God and, and see how it helps deepen your relationship with God. To know that God is our provider, our healer, our peace, our shepherd, our righteousness. Um, I'll share all that with you today. Uh, just to, to kind of show you that there was this awe and, and wonder and reference, this, uh, reverence that surrounded the way that God's people referred to uh, who God is and, and our relationship with God. So, so when Jesus comes teaching and preaching and talking about his relationship with God, Jesus uses this name, this word, Abba, to refer to God. And, and it was a little unusual, and that's a, I think that's at least part of why maybe it was a little unpopular. And, and so the reason for this, the reason why I think it was uh, a little different and a little unpopular is because the term Abba could be viewed by some as a casual reference to God um, because it was a common reference for children to their fathers. So it was basically like calling God dad. And, um, and so some thought that maybe that took away from the reverence of God by referring to him in such a, uh, a commonplace way. But see, here's what I think. I think that Jesus's intent for this particular term wasn't to communicate a casual reference to God. It was to communicate a close relationship with God. Does that make sense? Jesus was, was teaching us about this depth and intimacy that we can have with God uh, that's reserved for our closest companions in the world, even though God is the creator and sustainer of the universe. One of the ways that this was driven home to me uh, recently was I was thinking about, I've been thinking a lot about my, my dad and my granddad. And, um, and my granddad is 90 years old. When he was my age, 45, he started a golf tournament here in Murfreesboro. And uh, it was, it was a, a charity event. It's the longest running uh, charity event of its kind in Rutherford County. And it was, uh, he, was a real, he was in real estate and it's, the, uh, it's become known as the Bill Carey 
uh, golf scramble. And so it happens every year. And again, this is the 45th year. And when I got old enough, I started playing with him in the tournament. And, and so I would go out there and I would see all these things that had, you know, Bill Carey golf scramble on it. And, um, all these, you know, people would come up to him like he was a celebrity. Mr. Carey, it's so nice to meet you. Can we get a picture with you? And, and uh, even this past year, it was the first year he wasn't able to play in the tournament. And so I went kind of in his stead and I received some of these awards for him. There was even a proclamation from the mayor this year that, that June 8th would be known as a day to celebrate uh, Bill Carey Sr. And um, so it was always such a such an honor for me to be there and hear Mr. Carey, Mr. Carey, but but I, I was the one that got to call him Granddad, and and so that was a special connection for us for me to be able to use that term to describe him like that. I think about that with my dad too, and maybe maybe some of you experience this. You get to go to work with your dad, or you get to see him in another setting, and and uh, everybody says Mr. Carey, Mr. Carey, you know, but I got to call him Dad, and so it kind of was this special relationship. Um, I think about that now kind of in, in similar ways as, uh, you know, when I'm with my kids and, uh, and, and somebody refers to me as Pastor Trey or, you know, Reverend Carey or Dr. Carey or something like that, you know, um, I see my kids uh, love getting to call me dad. And so, so there's something special about uh, that communication of that relationship, right? Um, I love getting to call my granddad, granddad. I love getting to call my dad, dad, and my, my grandkid or my kids call my dad moose, and that's a uh, that's a term of, of affection and endearment. Maybe you all have some neat grandparent names too. But my point with all that is that those references are no less reverent. In fact, there's there's a special kind of reverence in those names that that communicates something powerful, that it's a reverence born not out of power or position, but it's a reverence born out of connection and, and appreciation. And I think that's what Jesus is teaching us with this name, Abba. It's communicating a relationship of depth and intimacy that's reserved for our, our closest companions in life. So, so to refer to God as, as Abba, to refer to God as our Father, means that our reverence for God is grounded in our relationship with God. Does that make sense? He's, he's still the, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the, the creator and sustainer of the universe. He's the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, but he's also our, our dad, our, our Abba, the one who loves us, cares for us is compassionate to us and all those other things that those passages of scripture said. Um, the other thing about understanding God as our father, this brings me to the next thing. Uh, I think we need to understand the importance of the, the hour as much as the father. We need to understand that, um, that to refer to God as our father in line with Jesus's teachings communicates not only a deep intimacy and connection with God, but also a deeper level of intimacy and connection with one another. Uh, I think it's important to remember that, that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's why Paul says in his letters to the churches over and over again, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is over all and through all and in all. Yet for us, there is but one God, 
the Father, for whom all things came and for whom we live. There is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you will live in fear again, but rather the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, for children, we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. We share in his sufferings in order that we might share in his glory. So the whole point that I'm trying to make with this is that our understanding of God as our Father creates not only a, a greater understanding of our identity, it creates not only a greater unity within the body of Christ, but it also leads us and guides us to a, a greater obedience to Christ. And that's the last point I want to make this morning. I read an article this week that really drive, drove this home for me. It took it a step further. It was about uh, the author was talking about this exchange that he witnessed when he was in the Middle East uh, between a father and son at an airport in Tel Aviv. He says he noticed the father teaching the son how to wash his hands, and he said something to the effect of, when I tell you something, say, yes, Abba. And so he said in that moment, he had a deeper understanding of what he thought the biblical, the biblical understanding of this word Abba, that it, that it communicates not only intimacy, but authority, the kind of authority that, that compels us to both trust and obedience. It reminds me of that old hymn, right? <laughs> trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. He says this understanding of God as Abba is much more than just Father, that it's, that it's really saying, Father, I trust you, and so I will obey you. Isn't that a beautiful picture of, of reverence and respect grounded in relationship? Father, I trust you, and so I will obey you. I, my mind went immediately to Jesus's prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, where in that moment of greatest despair, greatest struggle, he cried out those words of trust and obedience, and it starts with that name. He says, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. See, when we can come to know God as our Father, we know that we can trust God to be with us in every situation. We are never alone. As I love to say, God is with us and God is for us and God is working in and through us through the power of his Holy Spirit for our good and for his glory, which was our, is our greatest good. When we pray that prayer together, our Father who art in heaven, we know that we are never alone in the work that God has called us to do, even when it's unpopular, because we are part of a family of faith. We are part, we are members of the body of Christ, the church. One Lord, one baptism, one faith, one God and Father of us all. So, so here's the application as we come to a close this morning. What I want to share with you is this. Uh, my friend J.D. Walt, is, that you hear me talk about a lot, he's doing a series right now about Pentecost, which is the season of life we're in as a church. And he talked this week about the two most important questions that we learn from the story of Pentecost. Two powerful questions, and they're these. What does this mean, 
and what shall we do? And so as we move into our time of, of prayer, as the band comes back up to lead us, I wanna, I wanna leave you with those two questions. What, what does all this mean? And what do we need to do about it? Well, what I believe it means is that there is a God who has created us in his image, who has loved us with an everlasting love since before we were born to this very day on into eternity, a God who loves us so unconditionally that he desires a relationship with us, so much so that he sent his son to die for us, that he sent his spirit to dwell within us so that our lives might be transformed in such a way that we might love the way that he loves unconditionally and sacrificially. So that's what I think this means. And what we shall do about it, or what I wanna encourage you to do, is to think of one thing that you can do today and this week to acknowledge and to affirm God's love for you, to acknowledge and affirm the love of those around you, and to acknowledge and, and affirm the love God is calling you to for those around you so that we might all together reflect the love of God, our Father. Will you pray with me? God, we do give you thanks for this day. We thank you for uh, the examples in our life of those who in all of our imperfect ways have pointed to the perfect love that you have for us. Lord, help us to receive that love today, to respond to it, and to reflect it in, in whatever imperfect ways that we can. And, and God, we give you thanks always that, that in the midst of all the complicated relationships that we have experienced and are experiencing and navigating in life, that your grace fills in the gaps that your grace meets us right where we are and leads us in new life through your son, Jesus. So God, we, we come to you now and we ask that you fill us with your love so that we might pour out love on those around us in your name. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, as the band leads us in this final song, uh, I just wanna encourage you to uh, use these last few minutes, however God's speaking to your heart, to respond. If you'd like to come forward and pray, you can do that. If you want somebody to pray with you, I would love to pray with you this morning. If you just wanna stay there and, and pray and, and sing or listen to these words of this powerful song, how deep the Father's love for us, whatever that looks like, just uh, I wanna invite you to open your heart to what God might be wanting to say to you today and, and that you might respond. So let's stand as we sing.